and welcome back to the Law Careers Net podcast, sponsored by the University of Law with me, Neve Gray. This is the second episode of our new series, Commercial Connect, and I thought we'd do something a bit different this episode. So instead of offering an in-depth breakdown of one issue, I'm going to run through some of the top commercial stories of the month. I've got a politics story on the renters' reform bill. I'll cover what's been going on in the economy with a deep dive into cryptocurrency. And for our social story, I'm gonna talk you through new workplace guidance on periods and menopause. Plus, I have a tech update on AI chatbots. Believe it's all about PwC Australia and finally I'll finish off with an environmental update all about chocolate. It's going to be one delicious episode so let's dive in. So I'm going to kick things off with what's been going on in Parliament this month and it's all about housing. Earlier this month, the government announced its long-awaited renters' reform bill. The bill will end no-fault evictions, eliminate blanket bans on pets, set minimum standards for the quality of housing, make it illegal for landlords to place a blanket ban on renting to tenants in receipt of benefits, and appoint a new ombudsman to review disputes between tenants and landlords. While renting campaigners have been mostly supportive of the reforms, it's faced strong opposition from several Conservative MPs. Tory MP Craig McKinley, who's also a landlord, warned of the unintended consequences the bill could have, including landlords feeling the hit of additional regulations and choosing to sell their properties. Coming away from the Conservative Party now, there's been some tension surrounding housing between Labour Party leader Keir Starmer and London Mayor Sadiq Khan over London rent control. Since being elected to City Hall in 2016, Khan has argued for greater rent control. However, following a recent speech where he pledged to continue fighting the corner of renters, senior Labour Party insiders told the Financial Times that Starmer has no intention of implementing national rent control. In the first four months of the year alone, rent on newly let properties in London rose 17.2%, with average monthly rent exceeding £2,200 for the first time in history. Khan argued that rent control would give renters a badly needed respite, but property industry groups have warned that caps on rent increases discourage investment and reduce house building. Housing seems to be a more and more prevalent issue at the moment in the House of Commons. But for now, we're going to come away from politics and into our next story where we'll be discussing cryptocurrency. From housing markets to crypto markets, a group of MPs have called on the UK government to regulate the cryptocurrency industry as gambling rather than a financial service. Originally, the Financial Conduct Authority was set to oversee the industry. However, the Treasury Select Committee warned that the FCA's regulation could instill an impression that crypto is safer than it is. Harriet Baldwin, Treasury Committee Chair, stated that cryptocurrency is no intrinsic value, huge price volatility and no discernible social good, all make it less of a financial service and more closely resemblant of gambling, and it should therefore be regulated as such. The Treasury is keen to eliminate any perceptions that crypto is a legitimate investment. Sam Richardson, Money Deputy Editor at Consumer Advocacy Group Which, refused to comment on whether cryptocurrency should be considered part of the gambling industry, but did state that it was right that MPs are highlighting the risk of investors being exposed to unscrupulous firms or individuals. Keeping it short and sweet on cryptocurrency there as we move on to tech. 
more social story of the month now. The British Standards Institute revealed new guidance for menstruation and menopause support in the workplace this week. The announcement was spurred by research from the Fawcett Society, which revealed around 10% of individuals experiencing menopause leave the workplace due to its symptoms. This figure reaches as high as 25%, though, for those who experience more severe symptoms. The BSI has recommended that companies consider whether there's a general awareness of the symptoms of menopause and menstruation in the workplace, which include hot flushes, dizziness, insomnia, and muscle and joint stiffness. It also recommends that managers and HR staff undergo specific training in this area. Anna Hayes, director of sectors at the BSI, stated, there's no one-size-fits-all experience of menopause, but the data suggests thousands of women are leaving the work at this stage, contributing to significant productivity losses, robbing organisations of talented people, and removing mentors who can draw on their experience to support newer members of staff. She added, the new workplace standard was developed alongside several organisations, including Morrison's, BT, Unison, the LGBT Foundation, and Endometriosis UK, and is free to all companies regardless of size or sector. Speaking on the guidance, Helen Tomlinson, Menopause Employment Champion for the UK Government, said, I'm truly delighted that the BSI have produced the menstruation, menstrual health, and menopause in the workplace standard. She later added, This will go a long way to ensure that everyone can receive the support they need at this critical time. And now a short message from our podcast sponsor, the University of Law. The University of Law offers a range of undergraduate and postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students advance at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many courses to help students work and study at the same time. Find out more about studying at the University of Law with the link in the podcast description. For our next story, I thought I'd bring you a light-hearted tech story this month and discuss the new AI chatbots on the scene. The co-founders of Google DeepMind and LinkedIn have joined the likes of Snapchat and ChatGPT by creating their very own chatbot. Year-old startup Inflection AI has produced Hi to meet consumers' going interests in generative AI. So first off, what is generative AI? Well, it can be understood as an AI system capable of generating text, images, or other media in response to written prompts. I took the liberty of actually interviewing Pi for this story and using the Pi platform, asked it all about itself and the idea behind its creation. Apparently, its name comes from a mathematical constant, Pi, and was chosen because like Pi, the AI chatbot has unlimited potential. Users of the new chatbot will be able to engage in personal conversations through text, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, or directly via an app. Pi has already been beta tested by users over the past few months, and will eventually be able to aid users in any online task. But Pi isn't the only new AI on the scene. Google has relaunched its own chatbot helper called Bard. Google's initial launch of Bard wasn't particularly successful, with a Google ad featuring a wrong answer by Bard leading to the company's stock tanking briefly by 8%. However, Google has now reintroduced Bard to the market and is available to anyone in over 180 countries. Currently, Bard is only available in English. However, there are plans to expand Bard's operations for us in a further 40 languages. That's it from me for technology. Let's move on to our legal story of the month. Well, 
way to the other side of the world now for our next story as we focus on what's been happening with PwC Australia. The company has been hit by a tax scandal but it's already seen several of its senior leaders including the company's chief executive Tom Seymour step down. The accounting giant, known as one of the world's big four, used leaked intel from a tax partner about Australian or government's tax reform plans to target new clients hoping to evade upcoming tax law changes. Google, Apple and Microsoft are all believed to have been approached by PwC, which leveraged its advanced knowledge of tax reforms to secure millions in fees advising tech companies. The investigation into PwC is still ongoing, but Senator Deborah O'Neill has warned that failing to name all 53 partners involved in the scandal would be considered a cover-up. At current, we know Peter Collins, the PwC partner who was accused of leaking the information, continuously shared secret information to dozens of the PwC team over the course of three years, between 2014 and 2017. He's now had his registration as a tax agent terminated, with a further nine partners being suspended. But the investigation continues to look for all those involved in the scandal. On to our final story now, and it's short and very, very sweet. If you head into your local Tesco in the coming weeks, you may notice that Mars bars have ditched their plastic wrappers for an eco-friendly paper alternative. The confectionery giant is trialing recyclable paper packaging for a limited time as it explores different types of alternative packaging solutions. The company's investing hundreds of millions of pounds to meet its goal of reducing its use of virgin plastics. Andrew Flood, packaging and development manager at Tesco, said that Mars this trial also aligned with Tesco's commitment to developing more eco-friendly packaging, adding that its plastic strategy was reducing it where they can't replace it, reusing more and recycling what's left. That's it from me this month, you're all caught up. Please do feel free to message us any questions about any topics I've covered today, or equally if you'd like to suggest a topic that you'd like to see us cover in the podcast in another month, please send it to us. You can message us on Instagram at lawcareersnet, or send us an email info at lawcareers.net with the subject as podcast. Until next time, thank you and goodbye!